Ray, can you can you explain again to me and to to the the, the audience out there what a party sock is? <laughs> the party party <laughs> socks party socks when you take one of your socks halfway down so that you know your heels out, but this but your your toes are still warm, and then you've got a little spinny guy to throw around. <laughs> okay, so like. Half, you've got some, half you've your got socks some, hanging off like a right, Dr. Seuss character. Right, you've got some loose sock to play with. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, it's sort of the the daily, like the on the regular equivalent of the like the one the one leg dangle out of the blanket, like when you're sleeping and you're kind of warm. Well, That's I was right. curious. I was curious whether or not this was like hanging a sock on the doorknob. Whether this was like a signal to others that you're ready to party. Okay. That's correct. It's a it's a signal to others that the party started. <laughs> it's like like everyone's just sort of sitting around making small talk, and then suddenly someone notices your party sock, and they're like, "Oh, oh. it's the white smoke out of the chimney." <laughs> <laughs> They've chosen a party pope. <laughs> My name is Mr. Sour Pickles. They are the visionaries. Rappling hook. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And do you smell it? Do you smell that? Just breathe in. It's that... It's that it's that bad music. It's those bright lights. We're in a Toys R Us because it's the fucking 90s, baby. We finally convinced our parents to take us to Toys R Us and they are dead inside. Now, did we step into a time machine or is this like a drug-induced The bones coma of a Toys or... R Us. <laughs> no, we're not in an old abandoned <laughs> Toys R Us. We've done a time machine. We've done a time thing. We're back. It's a it's a thriving, nasty little Toys R Us filled okay, with just now, the, hold on. the now, worst I'm imagining, children. I'm imagining an abandoned Toys R Us, but then in Titanic, you know, when it flashes, you see the the ship at the bottom of the ocean, and then it flashes to when it's open, <laughs> and the the bellhops open the doors and everything. That's that's where I'm going right now with this sort of Toys sure. R Us scene we're painting. Mm, mm. It's sort of like it's sort of like in both times, like we're mem- remembering the glory days, but also like. We're picking up just like the the disintegrating <laughs> remains of a Furby. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a new arc that, in many ways, already started with our previous episode about Double Dragon. Uh, we decided we wanted to do uh, what Rory has dubbed peak '90s bullshit, <laughs> and I I do want to say that walking into our conversations about it, I wasn't sure. Whether we'd find the re- and then immediately there was like twelve possible shows that we could have watched, and I forgot how much fodder there was for this idea. Well, and we didn't. We discussed this almost not at all. Like this just sort of came <laughs> fully formed, flowing out of us immediately. Yeah. I think. Well, the, it's it's an odd thing about the '90s that it, it's so sort of unmired in, uh, you know, Gen X nostalgia. Like these shows didn't have any staying power, and there wasn't an internet still. So like. They just disappeared forever, and that's and nobody spoke of spoke their names again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely something like Extreme Dinosaurs got completely sort of you know uh, extinct, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Street Sharks to me is a little bit in that like in the it hit mainstream... a little bit of a zyka. It, it it did, but I don't know that anybody's like you know we still had to watch you know low quality low quality streams of them like, yeah, yeah totally yeah although i do kind of feel like street sharks is one of those that's mentioned in the same breath with with you know you're an only 90s kids well you know well so yeah. i think i think that here's so i mean if if you haven't noticed we're watching street sharks and extreme dinosaurs today but i do want to say that street sharks to me feels like a show that everybody likes to say they remember you know what i mean sure. Like 
like they almost wear it like a yeah, 90s it's, badge. It's 90s cred. I feel you. On yeah, that. Mm-hmm. it's very much 90s cred because I don't know if any of any of those people who are like, oh, yeah, fucking street sharks. You remember street sharks? It's like, you know, you do that shitty nerd test thing. And be like, name a character. Tell me what the premise was. And they probably, you know, none of them probably literally remember street sharks. And I know I, I could didn't... for sure not name. the. I don't think I can remember any of the characters now. Hardly. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> save one. Save save a shining jewel <laughs> amongst them. Yeah. yeah I kind of uh-huh. feel like our show sometimes is like we're at this point the like 90s um, like music store owner. You know, we like work at a music shop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get the people who walk in looking for, you know, I don't know, Phil Collins or something <laughs> mainstream. And we're like the alt f- folks. And we're like, ah, oh, God, fine. Here, here's your Phil Collins. <laughs> As we and- lovingly, like swipe the dust off of Spartacus in the sun beneath the sea. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's sort of reposition it in front and everybody still completely yeah. ignores it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, these are shows we're watching today. These are shows that, and I, I think this holds true for all the ones, all of our picks for this arc, that mm-hmm. really only could have been made exactly when they were made. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. There's a... Uh, there's a quality of 90s cartoons that is a little bit hard to describe until you start watching a bunch of them back to back. And it, and it sifts to the surface. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it stinks. Much like, <laughs> much like the Stinky. 20s were the roaring 20s. The 90s, I don't know, the radical 90s, the... The skateboard. Yeah. It's the skateboard. The 90s. It's the, the, the slam and the 90s. The extreme I, 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's just sort of a, a stale kind of pungent locker room smell to all the 90s content that was put on uh-huh. TV. Yeah. And I'm I'm ready to sort of... It's to... like everything was made to appeal to Bart Simpson. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that um, garbage pail kid a- aesthetic, you know? Like, oh, <laughs> sweet. These, these action figures are, are nasty. They're mm-hmm. gross and covered in filth. Like huffing the inside of a pair of rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that it's time for us to dive right in, shall we? Jawsome. Okay, everybody, we are strolling the aisles of the timely, uh, period-accurate Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're passing all the, like, baby shits and piss, and we're passing <laughs> all of the uh, sky dancers and dragonflies and uh, going right for the Legos. Uh, but what's that? They're all sold out. Uh, so I guess what we have to settle for are the Street Sharks. And Street Sharks, y'all... It's been a long time coming. I know we just spent a little time talking about Street Sharks, uh, but I really, I want to talk about this show a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, because, yeah. <laughs> because this was really, really something. Um, this is a show that began in 1994. It is, was it made to sell toys? You bet your ass. <laughs> um, and uh the the whole concept which so we didn't really get before i get into the synopsis of this episode um i guess the concept of the show is that there were four hot brothers the Bol- <laughs> the bolton brothers yeah and they have a professor so dad and mm-hmm, then there's mm-hmm. an evil doctor partner of his dr, dr. paradigm <laughs> who who invented a machine called the gene slammer the gene slammer <laughs> gene slammer <laughs> That does sound like a gay porn. Um, <laughs> well, I was about to say that, uh, I- ironically, all of them are bursting out of their jeans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. like an ice cream cone. <laughs> they <are like laughs> they're very top heavy. <laughs> yeah, they're all upside down triangles of, <laughs> you know, stuffed into a pair of dungarees. Um, these, these guys are horrifying. I mean, the street sharks look bad. Yeah. Um, 
And this is, of course, in the peak of the gross, the mutant <laughs> the gross, gross, 90s. the gross nineties, the like, you know, boys want slime piles and garbage <laughs> pails. And apparently girls want, you know, you know, sweet princess bubbles or whatever, which, you know, obviously right. is not, is not factually accurate. It's just the, the thing that we decided we were going to do for a while. Yeah. And so these guys are genetic monsters with sharp <laughs> top halves, and they say Jossum and a bunch of bad puns. And I just want to give you all a flavor really quick. Um, I mean, our main characters, our main shark characters are named Ripster, Jab, Streaks, and Big Slamu. <laughs> Slamu is inspired. They it are. It really yeah. is. That's yeah. an incredible. That's an incredible name. Also, also, it's too bad they used their only good Orkin name up early and have uh-huh. to, <laughs> had to make do with a real C-list name for the second Orca character. It's true. There's also um, the character Streaks is voiced by Andrew Rannells. Yeah, the, uh, the triumphant return of Andrew <laughs> from Archie's Weird Mysteries and you know the Book of Mormon or whatever. But um, in looking up. On IMDb, I came across just the unbroken list of Street Shark episode titles, and I just want to read them for you right now, if you will allow me to do this really quick. Okay. Here, listen. Listen to this. Shark Bait. Shark Bite. Shark Storm. Shark Quest. Lone Shark. Shark and Roll. Freshwater Shark. <laughs> shark Treatment. Road Sharks. Shark Fight. Sky Sharks. Shark of Steel. Shark Source. Jurassic Shark. Sir shark a Shark to the Future. <laughs> First shark, rebel sharks, space sharks, a shark among us, to shark or not to shark, eco shark, close encounters of the shark kind, cave sharks, shark wars, the shark father, shark hunt, 20,000 sharks under the sea, shark quake, sand sharks, card sharks, shark jacked, ancient charconauts, turbo sharks, trojan sharks, sharkotic reactions, super shark, jungle sharks, and shark apocalypse, shark apocalypse now. <laughs> Which is great. Shark Opalabs now is amazing. <laughs> I want to I wanna just throw it out to Shark Father, because that's just a really good name, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They went hard. Um, so, thank you. That, that was a lot, but I think it was worth it. Um, <laughs> here is the synopsis. So, we watched episode 28, Shark Hunt. And the synopsis goes, Malcolm Medusa III and Clamando. <laughs> Ooh! More on that later. <laughs> the rest of the episode will be about Club Mando. Um, and are back and have been hunting Florida Panthers in the Everglades as part of a plot to develop a chemical waste incinerator there. After Moby Lick <laughs> is the other orca. Um, after Moby Lick has been caught by Malcolm when trying to rescue them, the president the president enlists the street sharks to investigate where, where the trace, the Florida Panthers, and Moby Lick to a nearby island. I'm just reading it. I'm just yep. going for what's Keep written going. here. Just where Malcolm on. has used a petrifying laser to petrify Moby Lick, the Florida <laughs> Panthers, and other, I love them, they're a great team this year, uh, and other wildlife in the Everglades. Now, Malcolm plans to have the Street Sharks provide a hunting challenge for him. Oh, did you get God. all that? Did you get all of that? Yeah, I will. I will fully cop to the fact that we chose this episode because of Moby Lick and Clamando. Clamando and was the primary reason. <laughs> it's Clamando. I I can't I can't stress enough how much Clamando is my new favorite thing in the world. Part clam, part Clamando, all man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is a pretty standard plot when you really like break it down. It is the very prototypical rich guy captures heroes and does a you know most dangerous, most dangerous game. game. Yeah. Although uh, it's a that's like the second half. The first half is this sort of bewildering uh, plot where. Malcolm Medusa has to catch all of the jaguars, all of the all of the <laughs> the swamp, uh, the, the, all the Florida swamp cougars, the Florida <laughs> Panthers. He's got to capture all of the Florida Panthers before he can build his factory as some or a chemical it's, it's, waste it's, incinerator. Chemical waste incinerator. Uh, it's all it's all jargony nonsense, but I love the idea that like panthers will eat his 
He will eat his garbage dump if, <laughs> he, he does, these... if he doesn't hunt them to extinction first. Yeah, these two episodes, we'll get more into extreme dinosaur, dinosaurs later too, but these had some of the most unhinged plots I yes. think I've seen in a maybe ever. I don't want to gloss over the most important part of this that is just glossed over by the show itself. This is this is the quote where they're discussing their plan, where, where Malcolm Medusa III and Clamando are discussing the plan. Yes, indeed, Clamando, the last Florida panther. With no more panthers left in the glades, I shall finally be free to build my chemical waste incinerator. And make trillions of dollars. <laughs> trillions of dollars for chemical waste incinerator? In the Florida Everglades? Like, isn't that just like waste disposal? Like, is there money? Like, I don't understand how there's trillions of dollars in waste disposal, but it's it's just it's you very know, everybody's strange. got chemical waste. Everybody and their mom has chemical waste. <laughs> and they, they need, need to get incinerated. rid of. Yeah, <laughs> the money it prints money. <laughs> uh, true to his name, Medusa has a, a a series of ray guns that will freeze you in place. Uh, like the like the mythical Medusa, uh, and he uses it constantly throughout this episode, and it's sort of the main way that our heroes get captured. It's certainly how uh how Moby Lick gets captured right at the top, uh, and <laughs> I can't, it's can't let I don't know. that go. <laughs> <laughs> Moby Lick, uh, and and you know, I, Moby I mean, Dick is too too gross and sexual. <laughs> we should definitely change it to something more appropriate. <laughs> How about a whale named Lick? (laughs) (laughs) I like where your head's at. (laughs) And so they're they're like the the main the main group of street sharks sort of finds out that Moby Lick is missing, and so are all of the Florida Panthers. (laughs) And uh, Uh, no, they don't find out. Somebody tells them. Yeah, Uh, and I thought that somebody was a congressman. That's the real president. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you could meet with me, street sharks. It's President Horn. Yeah, who I guess would be Bill Clinton, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a real he's a real horn president. Um <laughs> I I just I could not believe it when later they don't say I, I mean obviously if you've been watching every episode of Street Sharks, you'd know he was the president. But I really thought he was a congressman or a senator, and then it's later when they said wild president turn. holy shit. I just love that they're personal friends. The president is personal friends with the street sharks. Yeah, he'll do, they'll just hang out in the Oval Office, like, you know, <laughs> take a seat, get comfortable, street sharks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Slamu, what do you think about this current <laughs> political situation? <laughs> Let's walk and talk. <laughs> yeah, it's um the 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 episode starts off strong, too, because we go for this, like, laser cougar chase i mean well okay right there there are these like blonde panthers running through um, running through the swamp with lasers blasting all around them the criminals get into an airboat like a hoverboat that, mm-hmm. that get picked up by a helicopter and the helicopter, and helicopter goes helicopter... to a yacht <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's where we meet malcolm medusa the third and uh clamando the... clamando yeah the object of our dreams <laughs> Who, if we haven't we haven't we haven't really talked about how grotesque he is, right? No, uh, no, awful. this is this is a, a really phoned in. This is a really phoned in character design for what is obviously the greatest pun out of the entire show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They he's just kind of a. I mean, he's a clam in pants. <laughs> he is a clam in pants. <laughs> At the end, at the very end of this episode, when they're when they're arrested and sent to jail, we even get Commando in a full orange prison jumpsuit, <laughs> and his clam flesh is like squeezing out the top of it. <laughs> God, he's it's extremely just good. So you know, gross. our uh, our previous <laughs> show that we watched uh, involving sea creature mutation heroes um, also had a, a real, I don't know, heart. Heartthrob of a uh, yeah, that's villain true. henchman, Dragonstein. <laughs> the Dragonstein. Oh, Dragonstein. Clamando is is the Dragonstein here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. But maybe even better. <laughs> something something about watching these two shows this week has really brought me back to like season one of our podcast in a way. Mm, like mm-hmm. 
like well, obviously next next segment we'll talk more about extreme dinosaurs and the dinosaurs sort of and the DNA. huge apology we owe to Michael Uslan maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but like for shitting on dinosaurs when there's anyway yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> but it's just it it gives me this real like just just shitty cartoon vibe that I really enjoy. It it's I don't know it feels like a throwback for me and I yeah they're I, really I had bad. A, I had a hoot. Uh, at one point, they've got this fake cowabunga that they yell where, like, you can almost barely hear it, but one of them says cartilaginous. Cartilaginous! <laughs> that sure <laughs> like, is a word. Like, because sharks have a sharks lot of cartilage. sharks have no bones. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, they're trying so hard on so, on so many different vectors and it's not yeah. it's not working but it is working because you know turtle power was just such a strong a strong vector you know that they mm-hmm. just that that peak that summit they had to reach they reach for and they did not get there but they you know they shot for the moon and landed among the stars and uh <laughs> and that's why we have these two shows can you imagine though you know anybody do you guys know anybody who uh who is who picked up some uh some fictional slang from a show that they were shipping. Somebody <sighs> dropping a frack or a sway or something. Oh. I mean, frack, frack definitely happened for a minute. Frack, with some people. frack happened with some people, but uh, like, can you just imagine if even one child <laughs> said, said cartilaginous? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been all worth it. <laughs> I did. I did know some kids who watched Recess a lot who kept saying "tender." Uh, I remember. It's a little. It's a little cringy. Kids are cringy. You guys. Kids are cringy. Andy, did you say tender? I never said tender. No. Okay. All right. Just checking. No. Uh, just ma- getting getting your lie on the permanent record. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. So there's another character, another main character also, who joins the Street Sharks, who I don't even know if I remember his name, but he's some sort of radical. Oh, you're talking about Benz. Benz? Is that his name? He's some kind of radical attitude guy. Not not like the car, but like the thing that happens to you if you surface too quickly from scuba diving. Benz. Like like Benz. (laughs) It's the the off-brand Mercedes. Oh, no, this is a Mercedes Benz. It was... A thousand dollars. And I don't know, he just sort of uses surfer lingo because every character in a 90s show had to get at least one or six uh, surfer guys in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he does say the line faster than you can say humongo burger. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he serves an incredibly important person, Austin, which is that he is around to put the shark copter into glide mode. <laughs> you gotta have somebody who's putting the shark copter into glide mode. <laughs> Otherwise, this all falls apart. <laughs> um, this this does fall apart. Uh, it does, we, yeah. We, we, get this, we get this whole most dangerous game segment. You know, they're picked off one by one by the rich white guy with lasers um, who is the most boring voice possible. Like, he's supposed to be kind of a craven figure, but he sounds like just your grandpa, bored. He seems uninterested in being on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah, absolutely. But I, wait, I want to say before we move on, that, that's something I kind of love about it, because now we've got Benz and Malcolm Medusa for a show that is that is so, like, I mean, I hate to use this reference, but it's so, it's apt. This show has jumped the sharks, like, so, <laughs> so far. And then for some reason, there's just normal dudes hanging out with this show is 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 just like I said, it's so far in the deep end that, that just normal people being around it is kind of inherently funny. The mm-hmm. only way to go is down. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, Clamando uh, gets a little he gets he gets a little fired up and he wants to really fuck up these street sharks. And uh, and Medusa's pleased and he goes, <laughs> why, Clamando, I'm like a sports crustacean out of you yet. <laughs> which is nothing and he says it like it's a pun but it's really nothing i feel like that's the the writing the writing is like that all the time and only the character designs really serve to make to like distract me sure we also we did get a sick burn of the week oh there's uh, and there's it's a been a while but there's been a very good one and 
uh, Malcolm Medusa, uh, one of the street sharks, because it doesn't really matter, um, calls him a... <laughs> In your dreams, you toxoid sludge monger! <laughs> uh, before they blast him with his petrification ray and, and you know what turns what's out funny i thought that was i i heard that originally as just a random string of nonsense which it basically is but i had forgotten about the chemical waste incinerator from one line mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode <laughs> and he actually is a toxoid sludge monger yeah right it's just not important to the episode in any no. way no um <laughs> it's easy to forget um the 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 other weird thing that happens right after this is they blast him with one of his petrification rays like it ricochets or whatever i don't care um and it blows him up and it turns out it was a robot the whole time yeah um and it's a robot decoy they decide um which i'm trying to just understand the whole reason he was doing this most dangerous game hunt is because he loves the exquisite challenge like this is entirely for his personal boner (laughs) to like Mm -hmm. to hunt the ultimate prey if he makes a robot do that, <laughs> why? Th- th- there's no. You gotta let the robot no... get his rocks off too, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Here's robot my... Medusa gets bored in the gar- in the garage. <laughs> 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 what I, what I didn't like about this sequence is that supposedly he's been a robot the whole time to sort of like keep them distracted while he goes and fucks with the president, but they find out about the robot. And they still show up before him at the president anyway. Right. Like, it doesn't It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I also love when they come to this revelation, when they're, like, putting the pieces together that they blew him up, that blew up the <laughs> robot. And and one of the, one of the, maybe it's the orca. I think it's Moby Lick. It doesn't Moby matter. Lick. I think it's Moby Lick, who's, who hasn't, <laughs> who's been frozen the whole episode. And they finally ask him his opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you why do you what do you think is happening? Well, he's probably and then fucking I don't remember. I was going to say T-Bone, but that's an extreme dinosaur. So <laughs> one of one of the other ones jumps in right on top of it. We have to clip drop. It's like my guess is the robot was meant to keep you guys busy while Medusa puts the freeze on the Everglades Protection Act. OK, yeah. cool. You had to get it. You had to get it in there, huh? <laughs> um, they're like been frozen racing. for 20 minutes. <laughs> you can't let me have one. <laughs> it's so rude um and then yeah it's not I don't know, awesome I they arrive and they save the president um from legislation from <laughs> yeah you know the 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 malcolm guys are gonna freeze and they save the president and then they start <laughs> releasing cougars i guess right there <laughs> into the wild be free be free <laughs> Just with the president hanging out, and they're just letting cougars roam free. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty stunning. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. Oh, sorry, they're they're Florida Panthers. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna say anything. You know, the record will show how dumb you sound. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I never had any of these action figures. I don't think I don't remember having any. But the number of times I was legit. Eight-year-old tempted to get, to beg my parents for a street shark action figure is mm-hmm. kind of unsettling to me. Like I have <laughs> those memories. Like I remember wanting this, even though I thought the show was dumb. I really did. Like this, this we're not watching Biker Mice from Mars as a part of this uh, this arc, but I remember those two like in the same breath of just being like just gross, nasty animal men doing nasty things. But those action figures really had a sway over me. They were they solid. They were heavy. They had like a heft to them. I do they remember were big. that. Yeah. Because they're because they're they're Doritos in pants, right? I mean they're they're <laughs> top they're they're top heavy triangle people with giant mouths and tight little butts and just tiny tight little butts. butts. <laughs> they're designed to completely engulf your Batman figurines, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Fit your Batman in his mouth. Oh. Incredible. <laughs> The issue that I think I had with both these shows, uh, which I don't know, is a segue, maybe not. Uh, I think I think the biggest issue with their character designs is that their heads and faces cannot form expressions. There's so much real estate being taken up by the mouth of these giant shark men and giant dinosaur people that like we kind of just have eyes open and eyes a little more open as their only emotional expression. 
and they're just they don't like I don't feel like they're characters at all. Uh, I would say I would say with extreme dinos the the uh, the design difference in some of them uh, is good enough to keep them kind of straight mm-hmm. in your head. And, and to a degree, I felt like Spike's pretty humanoid. He's got kind of furry vibes. He's he's like true, a sl- he's like. He's like slender and hot, where the other ones are kind of big, <laughs> well, big monsters. Streaks, Streaks has uh, rollerblades as well. Um, oh, is that Andrew Rannells? Does Andrew Rannells Andrew have Rannells rollerblades? Is the one with rollerblades? Yeah, God. and I think Lycra shorts. It's just you know, it's all very good. <laughs> all right, well, fuck. Let's get out of here. Let's let's, let's go leave. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Hey Austin. Yes. You you uh you and I we've been we've been down this road before, you know, this whole advertisement game. We're old hat, right? We know uh-huh. we know what we're doing. Yeah. And and I've seen you sling a lot of good products, a lot of bad ones. A lot and, of old uh, hats too. A lot of old hats. But the, we're not doing old hats today. Today I've got maybe what what what, what might be a little bit of a controversial uh, product that I want you to help sell, and I know you're going to be able to do a good job, get a really good spin on this. So you, can you can you tell everybody about the thickness machine? Yes. So this is um, something that goes back actually centuries, uh, centuries and centuries of human history. There is a really you know this is age old wisdom, right? This is not this is not some newfangled science that scientists are trying to push their big science agenda on you Mm, um this is yeah i hate it too and this this (laughs) is why i look to what people went to before they knew science and they died at age 32 um and this is the thickness machine and so what it is is when you need to well let's be real folks um sometimes you want to enlarge um or thicken a part of your body and sometimes you need a little bit of help to do it. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be coy just sort of because there's kids in the room, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say, you know, when you need to enhance something like an arm or another part of your body that could, you be, anything, like, could be anything, you, you could be anything, you know, if you need your neck thickened or whatever. Well, there's a way to do it. And you don't need big pharma or scientists. <laughs> Uh, what you have is the thickness machine, and that is a specially cut box that has a hole in it based <laughs> on the thing that you need um, <laughs> thickened. You know, and the, so this yeah. will be a series of custom boxes, and you can get you go onto the website and thickness.machine.org.com and find the <laughs> right org.com. the right box for the part you're looking for to thicken, and mm. then so it, the box will come. Uh, sealed and it's very important that you sort of wake up the contents of the box by shaking them and they will sort of start to hum and buzz and get really really angry Um, (laughs) and that's when you perforate the pre sort of pre-drilled holes and place the thing inside that you need sort of thickened and and enlarged and put it in there and then is it painful? Some people have reported pain and discomfort. Some people have really enjoyed it. Um but you sort of leave it in there for a few minutes and then that thing will be big uh, for a while. Um, it's not permanent. It's it's probably not unless, you know, you have any sort of anaphylaxis uh, issues. Um, otherwise, just probably don't do it. And if you discover while you're using the thickness machine, then like you've learned something new today. So you should thank the thickness machine for teaching you a little more about your body. Um, so yeah, basically the, the fun little helpers that are, this is a trade secret. We won't (laughs) give away what's inside the box, but these busy little helpers, uh, will work really hard to make you thick. Um, and that's sort of the tagline. Um, so be sure to check out the thickness machine and put whatever stuff you want in there of your body to get thick and it will do it. Wow. Yeah, see what the buzz is all about. <laughs> Trade secret. Is it a box of bees? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Rory. <laughs> <laughs>
You guys, we're we're down in the aisles. We uh, the aisles of the Toys R Us, the uh, the established setting of this episode. Uh, it could be a blockbuster if you want. We can... We're in blockbuster. <laughs> we're in blockbuster looking at all the sweet VHS tapes. Look at the Sega tapes. Look at the... <laughs> We're at Blockbuster looking at the Sega tapes. We're at, we're at, we're at, uh... The combination Blockbuster, blockbuster Toys R Us. And there's Sega tapes, and then there's also... A Planet uh, Hollywood? A Planet Hollywood, too. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Sorry, I just really think the 90s we're sucked gonna, a lot. We're just gonna start naming <laughs> 90s businesses. Welcome, welcome to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, a podcast where we list businesses from the 90s. Funko Land. Yeah, yeah, we're in a Funko land. Uh, with the Sega, ta- Sega tapes. We're oh. looking at Sega tapes. Okay. So, back behind, back in the in the back of the blockbuster Planet Hollywood, there is uh, there is a there is a VHS tape with no cover, and it is piqued our curiosity, and we've rented it or bought it at the Toys R Us, mm-hmm. and now we're back home. We've 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 shoved it in unceremoniously with no care for the you know for the belongings that we have so recently purchased and and what pops on the screen but extreme dinosaurs everybody uh now extreme dinosaurs is more or less like just a rehash of street sharks where we have muscled monster men uh they're very they're very faux cool um they're just (laughs) constantly trying to evoke that these monsters are awesome um, and what else do you need to know about this one? Well, I mean, it is a, it is actually like a literal spinoff of Street Sharks. Okay, sure. That's it's right. a literal, yeah. that, that's right. Uh, yeah. which is, which is fun and also not so fun. Apparently the final season of Street Sharks was literally named, uh, oh God, what was it? What are they, what are they fucking called? The oh, Dino Avengers, like featuring yes. the Dino Avengers? N- no, no, it wasn't that. It was the Dino Avengers featuring the Street Sharks. What? They got they got demoted to featuring on their own in their show. own show. Yeah, that's like a backdoor pilot, but the door is now the outside. No, I've <laughs> lost it. But the point is, that's a no. wild thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, and they they retcon they retcon apparently some of the details of how the uh, these alien dinosaur people came to be. Uh, so they don't literally inhabit the same world, but they are the same characters with like. It's obvious, like it's the same shit. They just moved him into their own show for a year. Yeah, the villain, the like raptor villains and everything, are also originate in Street Sharks um, mm-hmm. and fought the Street Sharks first. They do this weird thing that we've seen before, where so the 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 bad guys are like cyborg dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and the good guys are not. Like it just starts to send a, like I get that you can cyborgs can be spooky, but then when all the bad guys are cyborgs and all the good guys are natural, it's got a weird. It takes on a weird tone, right? Like sure. a bit like a bit of a, you know, like a Luddite vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Technology is evil. I would go in like a little ableist, but like Yeah, oh, that's also there's also that, that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely like this show has a strong well, that's I don't actually like saying it has a strong ecological bent, uh, because in practice that's not really what it is. They just say that's what it is. They do a lot of lip service towards global warming in this show. Right. Yes. Um it is a phantom it, boogeyman that does not is not an accident threat at the time period <laughs> this is set. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what else do you need to know? It's dinosaur people versus dinosaur people, and there's also some blue aliens that we're not even gonna get into, and then normal people that don't know about the dinosaurs. Done. Okay. Back to okay. you, Rory. So, we're not going <laughs> to get into the Quadranians? Are you no. kidding me? <laughs> this is episode 43, Salsified. <laughs> <laughs> While visiting Mexico, the extreme dinosaurs discover an ultra-hot purple chili pepper, <laughs> which Spike uses to create his hottest salsa ever for a salsa contest in Texas. Unfortunately, his secret chilies have been genetically engineered by the raptors to turn everyone who eats them into living furnaces. <laughs> This episode is so fucking stupid. (laughs) I I actually, this is this is like, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say that the stuff that we've watched over the last few months has been bad or like lower than expectations because we've watched some really banging shit. But I have it has been a long time since I've been quite as like 
viscerally excited by a premise since a show, as this one. Since a show wore its trash on its heart. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. so, Just it's says, so good. Fuck it. Now, the salsa thing it does... I, I am I'm curious about it for a number of reasons. <laughs> Please go into those. <laughs> well, the whole time they seem to be eating what looks like stew. Then, right. Then they take it to a contest which seems like chili. Like you could say the stew and chili are the same, but either way, like they're doing the whole like Simpsons bit with this, you know, everybody's got a tasting uh-huh. spoon. Um and then you w- they win a contest uh the chili wins a contest to be mass produced which isn't a thing uh uh-huh. and then when they do take it to the and then they do go to the factory to mass produce this quote-unquote salsa they put it into a gigantic hot sauce bottle looks it's like a, a wine hot sauce bottle <laughs> like a 10 so, foot tall so, sauce bottle that yeah can so, fit so they, three dinosaurs so i just have no idea what's going on with this concept and not that it's it shouldn't be that big a deal to just say, whatever, salsa is spicy, hot sauce is spicy. But it's so explicitly not salsa that's being, like, yeah. being interacted with. It's a constant distraction. Yeah, yeah. they're all in these, like, bubbling cauldrons. Like, <laughs> and and the, the dinosaurs, they, at, at one point in the middle of this episode, the dinosaurs are like, you know what, I want some more of that fucking salsa. <laughs> salsa, and they, they pull out salsa. They pull out the cauldron, and with their bare hands, they eat salsa on its own. It's very funny. <laughs> From a witch's cauldron. <laughs> I mean, even and, if it was chili, that's still funny to them, just all three of them just e- eating chili with their hands. We're not even getting into how out this even ties into, like, the villainous plot, either, because... <laughs> no. Because the the whole thing comes down from they were stopping the the raptors, the bad raptors, from getting to some sort of like power plant in Mexico that was gonna like make global warming happen, right? They were gonna global yeah. warm. Crucially, and- the the raptors plots are always about trying to like accelerate global warming because they're too cold. They're trying to make America hot again. <laughs> They are, these raptors are just too cold here and they want it hotter. After they have thwarted the raptors, they just go hang out for a little while in a a little Pueblo where they meet, they meet a Mexican pepper wizard named Jose who (laughs) tells them of a secret pepper atop the highest mountain in Mexico. And they go Columbus. They must have it. (laughs) Tell me, Jose, what's your secret? How do you get your salsa so hot? And he has, and he has this sort of Antonio Banderas, you know, yeah. sexy, gravelly little. I don't. That's what I would describe it as. He's he's a hot. He's a hot hunk. I love this pivot so hard because it it comes out of nowhere with no grace in any way. They finish no. this dinosaur nonsense. The raptors get away. They're at some power plant. They're like st- a couple of them are stuck in a tree, and then out of nowhere, one guy goes. There is one consolation, big guy. We're in Mexico. And you know what that means? Salsa, salsa, salsa! (laughs) Well, and also, they are literally 10 seconds from the raptors escaping. Like, the the raptors got a 10-second head start on Mm -hmm. them. And they're like, well, they're gone forever. I guess let's go eat salsa. Um, (laughs) And they do. And... It's crazy to me because <laughs> they are they're off to go find these these hot salsa peppers and the villains have now fixed their villain TV machine. Yeah, or they've, they've just sort of pushed a good button and it makes them there's no camera. I don't know how they're able to watch no, it's villain TV. It's just it's villain it, TV. It, it, it's just well, it's funny because because that's exactly what it is. But then apparently they need second. They need a second villain TV. Whatever they're using now has a right, limitation and they. It broke, and they need to be able to track the to track the extreme dinosaurs, right? Yeah, and they they do that by tuning in to see Jose <laughs> telling him about these magic peppers, and so they go there ahead of time, and they shine some sort of death laser on the peppers that changes their DNA. Yep, mm-hmm. to make them get not just like spicy hot, but raise the body temperature of whoever eats it. Yeah, because then when the dinos are hot, 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 they can use their infrared radar dot, dot, question mark to see them better and track them wherever they go because they'll be so hot. 
all of the explanations are nothing. I did kind of like these twists. So, mm-hmm. so uh, the the heat vision peppers is silly. It's funny. <laughs> and uh, and then when they finally get him to work, the the raptors turn on their little tracking machine and only see three little blips. And uh, the boss raptor is is clearly viscerally upset about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, the one of the other raptors uh, tells him maybe they just didn't eat enough. And he has this moment of clarity where he's like, maybe this wasn't a great thing. <laughs> and it's so funny to just see him, see him emotionally defeated at the obvious hole in his plan that they have to eat a shitload of the spiciest pepper in the world in order... For and all his plan to work, have to and all five eating. of them have to keep eating. <laughs> yeah, the it's utter really, defeat on his face is really oh, funny. It's incredible. <laughs> um, so, so these dinosaurs, the good dinosaurs uh, by Pixar, I guess, but they go, <laughs> they go get the peppers, and they they take them in the name of America. Basically, mm-hmm, they grab mm-hmm. armfuls of these secret peppers. They take from them Mexico. all. They take them all, and they take them back <laughs> better, to their- They say, we better take all of them. Yeah. 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 We don't want to leave any for Mexico. <laughs> In their burglar sacks. Yeah. Over their back, they're like, we better take them all. <laughs> yeah, they take them back to the U.S. and immediately start to cash in on on this Mexican salsa secret uh, for their own gain. Because um, they make a salsa with them at the Dinosaur Museum- I think that's just that's just their home base. That, that must yeah, be their home about. base. Is at a dinosaur yeah. museum. Where, it's where, where they, they live can blend with some in. sort of prospector. Yeah, um, <laughs> you hang out with a silly old Texan prospector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they they read on the internet somewhere that there's a San Antonio salsa contest, and they're going to yeah. enter it. And so they go and do that. And while no, I think it's worth mentioning. Yes, uh, they are. They're just really excited about salsa, about making their own salsa and entering it in local competitions. That's just super wholesome. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. <laughs> these people, these dinosaurs have a real work life balance. And they, that's and they care what people think. And <laughs> and like I said, Spike is looking pretty hot in his apron and his chef's hat, mm-hmm. <laughs> where his pecs are just bouncing out of an apron. <laughs> <laughs> Just shoveling salsa from a cauldron <laughs> into his big old mouth. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Um, not salsa. Um, but, but yeah, the other two uh, the other two extreme dinosaurs who were like, I'm not really interested in your salsa <laughs> adventure this episode. We're going to go do some real work. And it sounds like that's going to be the B-plot of the episode. We just <laughs> never see them again. No. no, you think, oh, this is the finally what's going to let them get the jump on the, the raptors, right? Because uh-huh. they're not being tracked. So obviously, they'll come right. in and save the day. And they no. don't. No. That- <laughs> and the cameraman for the episode is like, oh, I know where the real story is. Yeah, watch this, this Rags to Riches salsa Texas story. salsa contest. <laughs> And, and so the plan keeps going. So from here, they're at the salsa contest, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the 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 bat the raptors. I keep forgetting. So like I said, they, I know the, all the names have fallen out of my head. Like you know, marbles <laughs> through a through a a, a fishing you know, net. Yeah, a fishing net. And um, there's this is the hilarious turn. Not the hilarious turn, but like the second time I was really surprised because. The raptors realize that if the extreme dinosaurs can get people to eat their salsa, that that's actually what they wanted. They're just going to spread the salsa around for them. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of a funny, re- not a funny reversal, but like it's a it's a nice play on the reversal we've already had where at first he realized how fucking stupid his plan was to make spicy peppers and it actually <laughs> paid off. Yeah, because now if they get if they win the contest and they get mass production globally, then suddenly millions of humans are going to eat it. All their body temperature is going to go up, and boom, you got global warming from body heat. <laughs> and like, that's I love that they they show up. They show up so ready to fuck shit up. They've got bug juice. They've got sticky icky okay, bug juice. We got to talk about the bug juice. <laughs> yes, this is some sort of secondary plan we have never heard of. Uh, where they've arrived one they they the the amount of logical leaps that each team makes in this episode where they just sort of catch catch a glimpse of what the other side is doing and immediately figure out exactly their weird specific plan 
Um, yeah, so they get to the contest and they're like, they throw this sort of what looks like honey um, yeah. onto the good guys and splash them. And then that's going to bring mosquitoes mm-hmm. to them. And so mosquitoes come to the to the festival and then they're like a just swarm everywhere. Of locusts. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But then, and, but then it, it, at first it sort of seems like it's supposed to be terrifying and all the humans scatter. It does seem like at the end of it, this is just normal mosquito bites and it wasn't that big a deal. Yep. Not a big deal. And it didn't even interrupt the contest because Spike still won the contest. Like they may, they must have just gotten back and they're like, well, that mis- mosquito problem sucked. Anyway, the winner's Spike. And it didn't stop anything. Like nothing happened at all because of these mosquitoes, except they had to go get an aloe plant and rub it all over themselves. Yeah, the old the old cowboy it was gave a saguaro a... cactus that <laughs> cowboy remedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what a great plan. Right. And then, I don't know, a bunch of dumb shit happens, and they talk to their blue alien elf uh, friend <laughs> who, um, I guess, helps them figure out that they're being tracked by body heat. You're talking about Chedra Bodzak, a female Ched- law officer Chedra. stranded on Earth alongside the extreme dinosaurs and distinguished by constant reference to a code book containing the laws of her society. She serves yes. as a mentor to the dinosaurs and as a comic foil when they transgress her book's edicts. Great. Yeah. How fun. The, uh, the, the, the synopsis from the first episode of this show is a wanted criminal from Quadrania named Argor Zardok appears in Earth's past 65 million years ago and has tra- transformed some dinosaurs into anthropomorphic creatures with sentient intelligence. And they talk about, uh, yeah, a Quadranian force named Chedra Bodzak. And that, yeah. Uh, wow. That's, yeah. that's so weird. We can't touch that with the pole no. of any size. No, um, we don't have time. We don't. <laughs> Uh, I want to get to my favorite thing in the universe that has almost ever happened in any cartoon. Uh, there's a showdown at the salsa factory, <laughs> which is an incredible sentence I didn't realize was coming out of my mouth until it happened. Uh, and Hex is one of the raptors, and he shows up on their like flying dinosaur cycle or whatever. And all these good dinos are still their body heat's really high because they've just been shoveling that uh, that salsa down their gullet, and. Hex has come up with a really fun attack because he shoots corn kernels at them. (laughs) And they're like, what's this? Just corn? But then their extremely hot body temperature starts popping it and it buries them (laughs) under a mountain of popcorn. (laughs) Huh? Why is it popping? It's the heat from our bodies. Uh, uh, Why would you do this? Fucking funny gag based on weird logic of the episode. I was so impressed. The logical leaps here just are so weird. I mean, they they go back to the good guys go back to the salsa factory because, again, they like figure out exactly. Oh, that must mean, wait, we're getting hot. That must mean they're going to use our hot bods to make global warming happen. (laughs) We got to destroy the salsa. Oh, no. And then the bad guys on their tracking their heat salsa hot tracker (laughs) computer see ah they're returning to the salsa factory they must be destroying it i mean you're they're making salsa you can go back to the salsa factory so they show down they fight at the salsa factory and uh all the for some reason this mass-produced salsa is all gonna be stored in one gigantic (laughs) bottle of hot sauce yeah i suppose a salsa bottle but if we pretend those are real but why is some if the point is to mass produce it i didn't understand why everything was going to go into a giant bottle yep uh, why would you make yeah. a giant bottle <laughs> and that's so funny they made a giant bottle for, for salsa and and they put all of the raptors into the giant bottle and then roll that bottle into the sea uh <laughs> doing i feel like the most amount of environmental harm that has been done this this episode <laughs> yeah Yes. Fuck. There's just a giant salsa bottle floating in the sea. <laughs> Not to mention harvesting all the chilies in Mexico. Yeah. Well, they only stole, you know, the 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 secret peppers from the t- from the mountaintop. They didn't steal every pepper from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but if they were going to mass produce, I feel like they would continue to They would they would continue to as I agree. <laughs> there is there is a line once this resolution happens uh, mm-hmm. that we have to play as well. It's it's I guess more of an exchange. Uh, but Spike says, "So much for my salsa making career." Hey, you don't need those raptor enhanced chilies. You're still the salsa meister. 
<laughs> Man, I can't overemphasize how much I enjoyed this this episode. This this was just like a beautiful breath of stinky air. I <laughs> unhinged, <loved> it. unhinged, <laughs> completely. I loved it so much. Like like compared to this episode, that Street Sharks episode was bland and dry. Yeah. yeah. No, the only thing wet in that episode was the, was the clam name. <laughs> 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 Macarena. Let's wrap it up. It's still the night. I'm going to run out of these 90s references. This is only week one. I got to save some for later. You guys, if you hadn't listed every business you remembered from the 90s, (laughs) there'd be some left now for you to pull. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. Uh, This is, yeah, this was our, this was our our explosive beginning to a three week peak 90s bullshit arc. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm this, this brought me there. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm now there and ready. Uh, a, a sneak peek of next week. We are planning on this watching. This brought me there. I am now there. <laughs> I'm now there. <laughs> next week we're watching Exo Squad and the Bureau of Alien Detectors, and I couldn't be more pleased or primed. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'm ready to sort of do a full skid of my rollerblades right into this, uh, right into this '90s party. And I've brought my elbow pads, so I'm ready to go and I'm safe. Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> we have any final parting thoughts? I mean, I could I could probably come back to Extreme Dinos sometime. I'm just going to say I, that. I, I'm, you know, sometimes, sometimes there, there is a fear that this, this lightning can't go in the bottle twice. Um, I'm not sure if this is just the right amount, the exact right amount. Of 90s bullshit for a delicious meal. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to learn more about Argor Zardok <laughs> and the Quadranians. I'm I'm tacitly intrigued at the idea of doing more extreme dinosaurs. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's kind of being the being the weird, unsupervised little brother of Street Sharks that is <laughs> yeah. sort of left to, you know, fend for itself and had no oversight. Mm-hmm. I get yeah, the it's sense like, that it's it... like you know a kid does those like living drawings where they just keep adding stuff like action and you've Street Sharks has an expected amount of drawings and Extreme Dinosaurs is just you've left them alone for 30 minutes and the the world they've drawn is madness. You're supposed <laughs> to keep an eye on Extreme Dinosaurs. Oh no, I, I was I thought you I was watching Street Sharks. I I don't I don't know what Extreme Dinosaurs has gotten up to. They're they've gone rogue. well this was this was a really fun week uh i walked into toys r us hoping to come out with a street sharks action figure but all my parents would spring for is a copy of mr bucket so uh i'm a little disappointed but i'm ready i'm ready for next fucking week and uh i hope you are too because we're gonna see you next tuesday let's do it Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays. We've also got I've Read Dune with Rory Voy, me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Voy, me, and I've Read Dune. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows really and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, (laughs) Send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. (laughs) Please ruin us with your memes. (laughs) 
As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.